This is the Zach Ansbury Show. Welcome. Today's podcast clip comes from an interview with Julian Major from Visit Victoria. Yeah, I feel there will be a, a mm. built-up, pent-up demand. Um, yeah. uh, I know it's been a little bit different for you in Victoria, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Mm. So we've spoken a lot about international travel and interstate travel, um, and because our Premier, mm. it's very risky as to whether any of the Premiers are going to kick you out of their state or lock down their own. Yeah. Um, I've been a bit hesitant to do interstate travel. So I've done a lot of, it's referred to as intrastate yep. travel. Yep. So in South Australia, the big destinations for us are Kangaroo Island. Yep. Um, we did like the Mount Gambier sort of Coonawarra sort of regions as well. And I also did Flinders Ranges, which if no one Very has nice. been to is freaking stunning. Mm. It's pretty cool. You can climb something called St. Mary's Peak. It's like the ninth highest peak in South Australia, unless you head closer to the um, Northern Territory border. And it's also one of the only ones that you can climb without permission from the local yep. um, Aboriginal um, population there. It is absolutely glorious to get to that high point, mm. sit there. We just had a sandwich as we sat there and relaxed, mm. and I would recommend it to absolutely everyone. Um, but now I'm thinking, okay, the only other places I can go to are like head to Wyala, then go further south and go to Port Lincoln. Yeah. And I don't know when I'll do that, but I don't – I'm – I need to maybe look at the South Australian tourism website. I need to find more things to do in my own state. Um, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How's that been for Victoria? Because I know you guys obviously had the bigger yes, lockdown. Yes. But, yeah. So that's hurt every possible facet exactly. of tourism. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that, now that you're out of lockdown, and for those listening, I think it was about 120-ish days. Yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you, yeah. where you pretty much couldn't move five kilometres from your house and you were only allowed one hour outside to get a little bit of exercise and, and food. Yeah. Yeah, essentials. Yeah, yeah doctors. And Esse- essentials. Like yeah, and, and, yeah. And to your credit, you guys did a very, very good job. And now mm. you have pretty much what the rest of the country has, which is sporadic mm. outbreaks, which we all managed to contain pretty well because of um, contract, contact tracing. Yeah. How has that impacted intra-tourism beyond the obvious of none of it occurred for 120 days? Yeah, um, I think it created... Um, a lot of um, pent-up um, demand. Um, I mean, it, it's such a unique situation to be in, in that um, tourism is defined by the distance that you move. So there are clear okay. um, definitions of when you're a tourist and when you're um, not, and you couldn't go 5Ks from home during the second lockdown in Melbourne, which is not tourism no matter what you're doing in that 5Ks. Um, so everything did ground to a um, halt and you know, really tricky situation to be in from a destination marketing um, perspective, knowing that you can't promote travel because it can't um, happen. Um, but we, we definitely um, did all we could to keep that destination messaging going throughout that for... So you're um, still, still advertising during that time? So what we did was a um, campaign um, encouraging people to um, shop locally from businesses that are typically um, tourism businesses. So you can't yeah. go to a winery but you can um, order a box of wine from, you know, a, a quality winery um, yeah. um, in the state. And we have, you know, great um, producers and makers. Oh, yeah, um, world-class producers, yeah. Yeah, whether it's um, honey, i got a lot yeah. of good artisan butter. Uh, we <laughs> highly recommend buying good cool. uh, quality butter. So we, we teamed up with a lot of... Um, that sounds uh, like of... such a Melbourne thing to do. <laughs> we have artisan butter, none of this like meadow leaf for us. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and what was good about that was, um, 
it was still a, a, a tourism campaign whilst clearly it's not telling people to travel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of the platforms that we were promoting were, you know, talking about where the produce comes from. We used it as an opportunity to tell local stories about communities and um, makers within um, that. And, you know, it really, you know, it potentially opens um, people up to, you know, places they haven't been before. So, mm. you know, I've never been to the high country, but I'm buying some craft beer from this, you know, amazing um, brewery and, you know, it looks fantastic. I can't go there now, but I'll buy a six pack and maybe I'll visit um, after. So, I mean, that was something that I think everyone here is quite um, uh, proud of. Um, mm. A lot of sales were made. It was, I think, you know, a really important, um, you know, way to support, um, you know, the visitor economy during that um, period. But, you know, so we, we tried to keep that destination message going and we knew throughout that period there was a lot of pent-up um, demand for travel. Um, people wanted to do the to the, the right thing and they did and, you know, the, the second wave um, dissipated. But um, as soon as that's what we call the steel wall of the divide between Melbourne and regional Victoria, as soon as those movement restrictions um, came off, there was a lot of interest in um, particularly in getting out to um, the regions. So um, it, that, that sort of really kicked up um, uh, the second week of November for us. Yeah. Um, it was a unique situation for Victoria because we came out of our uh, lockdown in a traditional peak, uh, peak period for tourism. So you already had a fantastic time to travel, which people were used to travelling um, in and people had been in their homes for four or so um, months in, you know, when you think about Victoria, primarily metro-based environments, the prospect of getting in your car, getting out to nature, experiencing <laughs> something new, even, you know, just spending, even though you've spent a lot of time with your direct family, spending quality time from them away, it's very different. So um, definitely the regions had a, um, had a um, good period um, over Christmas and I think we're really optimistic about the intrastate market for for some um, time. It's been a resilient market for for a while. It's been one that we've invested more and more into um, promoting. Um, but we think it's going to be a really strong um, a strong year. And it is the, the whole I suppose the silver lining of the pandemic is it's like you say, it's opening um, people's minds up to. Um, exploring more of their own um, backyard um, at the moment. That's primarily within your own state. But most states in Australia have um, a lot to offer and yeah. very few people have been to all areas of their state. And even if you've been to an area of this state, the, the product and the experiences are, you know, ever um, evolving. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of destinations that are great to go back from a repeat visitation perspective. So... Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the interstate market's going to be a lot more challenging. Um, and, you know, before this situation with border changes happened, um, it was the interstate market was really in its, um, in its infancy of recovering. Um, so um, I think that's going to um, take some time and it's going to be dependent on a lot of um, external factors. I think... Um, people still want to do the things um, into the yeah. state. That underlying desire is there, but of course, you know those rational factors are going to override that if there's market um, uncertainty. But um, 
I think it's going to be a really good year for interstate tourism, and that's great for the regions. Um, so the regions get about 80% of their visitation um, on average, depends on what region, um, through the interstate market. The biggest okay. part of that is Melburnians. Um, you can get regional Victorians also going to other areas of the um, state, but you've got um, a state with, you know, um, 5 million um, Melburnians who are hungry to travel, who, mm -hmm. you know, want to experience something new. You can't go overseas. Um, so it's a great opportunity for destinations to, you know, present themselves differently um, for, you know, uh, individual experiences, you know, who may have had a lot of international visitation to think about their offering slightly different for a local market and, you know, potentially benefit as much as they can from, you know, the changing consumer behaviour. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you want to give a, I don't know, a bit of a, I suppose, shout out to some of the, the stuff in Victoria? Like when I visit Victoria, it's mostly for work. So I'm usually in the CBD and I see all these nice cafes and restaurants and everyone, it's world famous, the, the food and coffee scene in Melbourne. The only stuff I know really outside in the regions is is the Grampians because I, yeah, I yeah. like wine and, and I know you have other wine regions and stuff like that. But what are the things that People, someone like me and a lot of other people that are really like just fantastic destinations that we should be visiting in 2021. Yeah, I mean, we have um, what we group our state up into tourism regions, and there's um, 11 um, of those, and you know, each of them has a unique product offering and um, even its own individual um, personality and, and fuel, I suppose. Um, we have beautiful. Uh, uh, coastal regions, obviously, I would say our most famous region from an Australian perspective is the Great Ocean um, oh, of Road. Course. Um, How did I forget that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also have um, beautiful coastal areas in um, Gippslands, um, the Mornington um, Peninsula. We have, you know, great wine regions that have fantastic food um, offerings as well um, in places like um, the Yarra Valley. Yes. Um, I think what separates Victoria from somewhere like um, South Australia is that we have um, a lot of really um, interesting, relatively larger sized towns. Um, so places like Ballarat and Bendigo, um, I would really um, uh, recommend. I can't name the population off the top of my head, but it would be um, quite sizable. So they have, you know, fantastic um food scenes, but it's slightly different to, you know, the, the CBD um, uh, environments. They have really cool regional um, art galleries. Um, so it's an incredibly diverse state. Um, Dalesford, um, I would uh, recommend the most, nat uh, the most um, natural hot springs um, in, a, in Australia um, okay. located um, within that um, region. And, yeah, a lot of regions that have like what we'd call big big nature um, experiences. So um, Grampians is a, a great example um, of that, close to the South Australian border. So, you know, you can always travel back quite quickly if you want to, if you're a bit nervous about that but still want to experience what um, Victoria um, mm. has to offer. And, yeah, Gippsland is a region that we're promoting um, as well a lot. So I think people forget that um, it's really been a... a double crisis for some regions and that you've had the bushfires. So, yeah. um, and, you know, that was really um, 
tough, um, not just from a, a tourism perspective, but that impacted um, Gippsland and the higher country. Um, and those are areas that we're really dialing up in our um, marketing. We, we definitely want people to explore all of Victoria, but those are two regions that have um, been hit with that um, double whammy and um, all the data that we're seeing and the anecdotal feedback is that, you know, people do want to support those um, regions. They are getting um, back there. Um, and um, so, yeah, I could I could probably go all day with <laughs> that. Um, and Melbourne's great as well. I think, yeah. um, you know, Melbourne is a region that's going to... Um, uh, that is probably in a, a unique situation um, relative to regional Victoria in that no international visitors and less interstate visitors impacts Melbourne um, the most. But, you yeah. know, the city has a lot to offer and it's not just the CBD. I would say, Zach, if you come down next time, um, get out into some of the interesting um, suburbs and neighbourhoods and um, precincts that we... Um, show me, show me around, I'd love to. Yeah, get down to, you know, Trendy um, Fitzroy or, you know, venture out a bit more and go down to Footscray very... Uh, multicultural, um, fantastic food options, fantastic cultural experiences. So, yeah, um, yeah I think Victoria is an interesting state. It's the smallest state in Australia, um, so it's very compact um, and there's just so much um, diversity and experience um, across um, the state. And, you know, that would be true of, um, you know, any state. And it's great that people are exploring their own backyard and wanting one, they get something out of it as a traveller and they're also, they know they're supporting their local um, community and supporting businesses that otherwise would be really hurting without international um, visitors. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see like the suburbs surrounding Melbourne as well. Normally when I'm there for work, you know, with Adelaide, you're on the red-eye flight and then you're yeah. catching like a 7 or 8 p.m. flight back to Adelaide after your presentation and, yeah, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in between. Uh, I'll have to try to slot in. Try to try to try to get everyone to get me there on a Friday for a presentation, and then yeah, spend, stay, a, stay spend an extra a weekend. Day. Yeah, yeah, we call it um we call it pleasure. So yeah. mixing business with pleasure, <laughs> tack on an extra day, um, and you know, an interesting trend that might pop up in twenty twenty one is we've now learned that we can work remotely. Yeah. So you know, a, a great way to potentially extend your trip is to say, you know, I'll go to regional Victoria and, you know, work from the hotel or work from the um, Airbnb and it will, I'll still be able to go out at night. I'll still be able to, I'll be able to extend um, my trip. Um, and potentially that might be a trend that we see from an international tourism um, perspective um, as well. There's, you know, we can work any, well, it's a very biased um white collar um, perspective but yeah. a lot of people can work from um anywhere and we've learned how to do that so yeah yeah thank thankfully we have high speed internet at the moment yes and we can speak to anyone anywhere in the world instantly in high definition it's crazy yeah um, yeah uh, and, and well for the people that like uh, we we work with anyway um that's yeah i think that's um pretty cool in terms of the way I think the world is going to operate for tourism. Mm. We, we've had a similar thing with KI and um, so Kangaroo Island mm. and Adelaide Hills. We had those yep. same fires and there's a lot of support from like South Australians to be like, all right, we're going to go to these uh, wineries and these small producers in the Adelaide Hills mm. and we're going to support them and we're going to buy like Kangaroo Island distillery, um, like their spirits, their gin. I think their gin's quite good. Yep. Um, and they have like honey and stuff there as well. 
And then it was like, then COVID hit. And then everyone's like, oh, we can't just support you guys. Like we're mm. all in trouble now. Um, Definitely. So, yeah, we all kind of, they got double hit, unfortunately. And mm. uh, for them, in some way, it was kind of lucky. There was a little bit of a grace period where we could support them before everyone kind of needed support yeah. again. Yeah, that's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully this year's a little bit not bushfire free. Hey guys, it's Zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.